This is my tribe. 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 What's up? Welcome to the Tribe Night Messages podcast. Tribe Night is for students who are curious about faith and eager to discover how a relationship with Jesus could change their lives, their schools, and the heartland. For more information, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at cstone.students or text tribe to 94000. Hope you enjoy the message. Welcome. Welcome back to Tribe, guys. And as I'm sitting in the big service, I'm hearing TiVo and Pastor Mike talk about this journey that God takes us on. But the critical part of using our story to influence others. And whose voices are we listening to along this journey? So we're beginning this new series as we come up on the resurrection season, commonly known as Easter, as we look at the life of Jesus and his death, and his resurrection. And importantly, we look at the words he spoke that left a lasting impact that continues to resonate with us today. And those are the words we not only have to remember, but we must remember. And ask yourself this, has anyone ever left an an impression on you? Maybe your favorite celebrity, maybe an athlete or a person of authority. Sometimes they say things that have a spiritual tone, but they don't have an internal impact. For instance, let's look at Vince Lombardi, this great football icon who has a trophy named after him that they still use today. He said this, perfection is not attainable, but if we chase perfection, we can catch excellence. So what he's saying, like, he knows perfection is not attainable, but if we chase perfection, will have excellence. So we have to ask ourselves, what is the pinnacle or what is the pedestal of excellence? How about Will Smith? Will Smith said this, for me, there is nothing more valuable than how people feel in a movie theater about a movie. So Will bases his value on the perception of other people viewing this movie. What is value? How about George Washington? He said this, associate yourself with men of good quality if you esteem your own reputation. For it is better to be alone than to be in bad company. And the Bible has a whole lot to say about that, about the company that you surround yourself with. And if I remember correctly, a pastor from years back, she said, if you want to know who you'll be in five years, look at the five people that you hang out with and that's who you'll be. So certainly these quotes have an impact on the way we allow them to influence our lives. And that's why we can remember them at the drop of a dime. And we can quote them to motivate ourselves or those around us. And as I look at my own life, uh, my own journey with Christ, uh, many times I was walking with Jesus, 
the most encouraging, powerful, God-ordained words come, came from someone who had an established relationship with the Lord. And for me, it was probably the early 2000s. I was just married, and I had a little daughter, and I had a stepson at the time. And, and it was a Friday night. I had to go and get my hair cut, so my barber was about 10 miles away in another town called North Chicago. And if you guys are familiar with that, that's way like northwest of the Chicago suburbs. And so I went over there, and I remember sitting in the barber seat, and my barber was a pastor. He was some sort of ministry influence in that community. But he said to me, he said, the Holy Spirit just told me to tell you to take care of those kids. And I didn't fully understand until I was in a ministry role shortly after that. And all these quotes from our favorite favorites can have a lasting impact on us. But as Christ followers, we have we have I, I, gosh, I'm forgetting the word now. We have a calling, I'm sorry. And we, we not only have a calling, but we are chosen people. And part of being chosen is to remember the ways that God has already worked in our lives. And if you look at the story like Peter in Matthew 26, 75, Peter remembered the words of Jesus, the remembered the words that Jesus had said. And Jesus spoke this to him. He said, before the rooster crows, you will have denied me three times. And what happened in that story is Peter went away and he wept bitterly because he remembered the words that Jesus had said. And those words affected him. Words affect us. Words drive us. But whose words are we listening to? Because even in our failures, like Peter, fear, doubt, and worry, we can still surrender our lives to Jesus if we spend time with him and remember his words. Because this one first slide, you want to put that up there? Wrong one. should say, we just have to remember who God is. Nope. We just have to remember who God is and what he has done for us. So we, that slide will say we just have to remember who God is and what he has done for us. And that's critical for our, our walk with the Lord. Because at times we can have these mixed emotions on the words of Jesus. Is he really speaking the truth? Or should I trust in my feelings or my emotions? And like me in my early walk, I had a hard time trusting the words of Jesus. Because I had this deep-seated hunger inside of me. And I had been fed so many lies by this time. But as I developed my relationship with the Lord, I remember the things God had done for me that I knew wasn't by luck or chance. It was all because of his grace. And we all have these struggles. Maybe it's a teacher that tells you, hey, the words of Jesus aren't relevant in, in today's times. Maybe it's your surroundings who influences your beliefs. Or maybe you just say to yourself, I just can't remember what Jesus said, or I can't understand what he has said. And many will tell you, and, and guys, I, I promise I can co-sign for you, the Bible is the best place to go to if you want to understand what Jesus said and what he meant 
and how it applies to your life. Because the words of Christ have shaped every moment in history, in every culture, in every way that no other religious figure has ever done before. So Jesus knows our shortcomings and the ways we tend to forget. But I promise you this, as we, we say over and over again, if you, if you spend time in prayer, worship, and reading his word, God will engrave his word on your heart that we, don't, we will not forget. And in the book of Psalms, David says this very thing. I have hidden your word on my heart that I will not sin against you. Why? Because he spent time with the Lord. And I know it's challenging, but I saw a few, well, this was probably 10 weeks, 10, about 10 days ago, I was sitting at home on the couch and I was scrolling through Snapchat and, and one of the guys from Tribe here, <laughs> I just give him a little plug, but he had posted this in his story and he said, I had some free time, so I decided to read the Bible and, and I looked and, you know, the, the pages of the Bible just came flipping by and... <clears throat> When I saw that, I kind of smiled, and I was like, man, like, it's clicking for him. But, but I can tell you this, it has to do more than click. It has to stick. It has to stick to our hearts, our minds, and our souls. Because our next slide reminds us that Jesus understands our minds can wander. But he is our help in trouble. Jesus knows that we tend to forget so before he left, he taught the disciples to remember. And guys, we are, we are the modern-day disciples for Jesus Christ. Because if you've made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you are his disciple. And his words are for you, for us. Because the truth is, Jesus spent a lot of time with those he is closest to. And when we spend time with Jesus, he draws near to us in spirit. But as Jesus was drawing closer to his time to be nailed to a cross, Jesus gathered together with the disciples one last time. And honestly, it was unknown to the disciples of this being the last meal. Jesus would, Jesus would share some words that would impact generations that were unseen to these disciples he had mentored and walked with. And the dinner was called the Passover. And the Passover is a huge celebration that's still part of the Jewish culture to this day. And it's highly regarded in the nation of Israel and abroad in Jewish communities. This celebration is a remembrance of what God had did and what he will continue to do. And Jesus' message, Jesus's message to the disciples of that day was, before, before I go, remember this. Because I want you to consider this, right? If you have one last conversation with someone or with someone you love, what would you say that would impact your, what could they say that would impact your life and the lives after you? If you're anything like me, you can't think of anything specific or maybe many words come to mind and you're trying to choose at least just one. And for me, I had this, this, this instance maybe 10 years ago. My aunt had passed away, and she had had a bout of cancer, and, and she played a key role in me coming to know the Lord. I remember many late-night conversations of just 
some deep fellowship, some deep conversation, and some bold but truth statements. And although I wasn't there at her crossing over, I remember my mom was, was and my mom was at the hospital with her, and, and I remember my mom saying, upon taking her last breath, she just raised her hands to the heavens, and, and she said, Jesus, I see you, and I'm coming. And those are some words I wanted to hang on to forever. I still remember those words. Why? Because God sees our pain. God knows our hearts. But he still calls for us. And again, those words are something I remember. And that's why the Passover is called the remembrance. Because hundreds of years before Jesus coming to earth, the Jewish people lived underneath this bondage of Pharaoh in slavery for the Egyptian kingdom, and all ultimately free of charge, right? And when you hold and build things for free, you, you tend to want to keep and hold on to those things. <laughs> but God, you know, see, God didn't forget. God didn't forget their pain. God didn't turn his ears away from their cries. And he certainly didn't sit back with approval and say, you know, I'm, I'm okay with what the Egyptian government is doing. No, he didn't. God had a plan. And every time God has a plan to deliver man, he always uses man. And that man was Moses, God's messenger. And you may believe that Moses was just some unblemished, perfect, outstanding citizen in the Egyptian circles, but he truly wasn't. And you'd be shocked to know that Moses had doubts, he had fears, he actually murdered someone. Many times he chose his own way. For instance, God said, hey, speak to that rock, and Moses struck it with a stick, paid the consequences for that later on. But God still used him, broken and all. And he uses us in our brokenness to advance the kingdom. So here Moses went back and forth with Pharaoh many times to request the release of the Jewish people, the Jewish nations from the hand of bondage and slavery over and over again. Pharaoh said no. But God not only wanted to gain the attention of Pharaoh, but he also wanted to gain Pharaoh's heart. God sent many plagues, if you know the story, frogs, locusts, bloody river, in the effort to remind Pharaoh why he needed to release these enslaved people. But the final plague is what really got him. Pharaoh is the reason for the Passover celebration. See, God sent this death angel to kill all the firstborn in Egypt. And this was a way for the Jewish nation to be free from slavery. The Jewish nation, the Jewish nation were to take the blood of a lamb and place the blood of the lamb on the door frames of their homes, on both sides and on the top. And then a basin was at the bottom. And if you can imagine what that looks like, right? You got blood here, blood here, blood here, and blood down there. It's the image of the cross. God was giving us a picture of Jesus through Moses. 
Because that night a death angel passed over every house that the lamb's blood was on the doorframe, and that child lived. But Pharaoh arose that morning to find his son became one of the casualties, all because of his disobedience. And that moment caused a lot of pain and opened his eyes to the power of God and his plans for the Jewish nations that he released the children. And all the release, he still pursued them, but God still got the victory over and over again. God doesn't lose. And from that moment, the tradition of remembering the things God has done has become a celebration each year, a celebration that's still celebrated in 2023 and beyond, Lord willing. And it's all because of God rescuing their ancestors. In the same way we celebrate holidays with food and gathering and family and friends to those we are closest to, it also is a celebration of remembrance. Do you and will you remember the things God has done in your life? Because this next slide is a, another reminder. Remembering reminds us of what Jesus has done, is doing, and will continue to do. So how do we put this into practice? And one of the ways the Jewish nation celebrated Passover is by eating unleavened bread without yeast. And that reminds us of the, that represents that Jesus' broken body for our sin. And the drinking of wine reminds us of the blood that was shed because of our sins. All a sacrifice. And what does it say in Luke 22? Next slide is. And said, this cup is a new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you, for me. And as we reference Passover and the Last Supper, remember that two things happen in two different eras, but both serve the same purpose for the will of God, for the life of Jesus, and for us. The Passover is an Old Testament indication for the coming of Jesus and his plan for the Jewish nation. But the Last Supper is an invitation to remember all the things that Jesus has done and has yet to do. And as we picture the unleavened bread, it was made without yeast, but it represents the urgency. What does that urgency mean? Well, bread, it takes time to rise with yeast. And the urgency of the Israelites, they didn't have time. They didn't have time to wait. And the wine, the wine represents blood. Remember the blood that was placed on the door frames of the homes? Remember the shape of the blood stains that created the image of a cross? And remember the spotless lamb? The lamb that was used as a sacrifice for the Jewish nation? He that bore no sin became sin, that we may become the righteousness of God. That spotless lamb was a picture of Jesus. Because Jesus has gone on to reference again in Luke twenty-two nineteen the depiction of the Last Supper. As a remembrance, not only does Jesus fulfill the prophecies of the Old Testament, we have to remember that Jesus came from the bloodline of the Jewish ancestry. He was Jewish. He celebrated their customs. And he along with the disciples knew all the traditions, how the traditions went. But Jesus did something new. This next slide says it. 
He sat, I should say, he sat with the disciples. All right, well, the slide says he sat with the disciples. This is Luke 22, 19 through 22. He sat with the disciples and he dwells with us. He took bread and broke it and gave it to them. And he said, this is my body broken for you. And then in the cup in Luke 22. Next slide. And he said, this cup is a new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. So even the disciples didn't fully understand what Jesus was doing. And honestly, it can be confusing for us. Jesus' statement wasn't just about a celebration or a tradition. Yes, those are important. But now it's about remembering what he did and what he is going to do. Remembering his life, death, and resurrection. Every time we eat the bread and we drink the wine, we should remember this. Remember my sacrifices for you. Remember my great love for you. Remember that despite where you come from or where you have been or what you have done, I'm in the business of restoring. Remember my affirming words bring about life. Because again, all the, the athletes and the people in authority and the movie stars, they have words that don't have an eternal impact. Or how about this? Remember me in your darkest hours. As Jesus would say, I love you. And what I love about the last, what, what I love about the Passover, the Last Supper and communion is a time that we reflect the things that God has done in me and the things he is doing and what he's going to do. Because one of the things I do is I, I don't take communion once a month. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I take communion every morning when I start my day. But I asked this in, in some form or fashion. I said, Lord, examine me and help me to remember all the things that you have done. Because, guys, God has done a lot for me. And if I share my story with you, I'd be up here for three days. But I'm here because I listen to his voice. So, again, how do we apply this? For some of us following Jesus, we've done it for a long time. And we probably had some moments when it came alive for you. Maybe it was that summer camp. Maybe at a youth group. Maybe in 101 or at home. And I certainly can feel discouraged and believe that God isn't there. But he is. Because this next slide tells it all. Jesus hasn't changed. The Bible says Jesus is, God is the Alpha and the Omega. The same God who used Moses and, and not for the approval of his sin, but to deliver him out of it, is the same God that's here with us. So two things we can take away from this, and we'll close this up. Next slide is remembering with other people is powerful. Because like the last series we talked about sexual integrity, we too need to be surrounded by righteous-minded people in order to understand God's will for our lives. The Jewish people were reminded of this as they observed Passover each year. But they didn't do it solo. They did it around community. 
sharing and fellowship with others that sought God's guidance and direction for their lives. And ask yourself this, are you in a place that you share God, share where God is leading you with others? What would it look like to share God's faithfulness together? This next slide says it. Remembering takes work. And like any, any sport that we excel at, none of us were born with a natural gift or a natural talent. It took time, effort, and sacrifice. And the same goes for our walk with Jesus. We need to constantly be reminded of where God has brought us from and the things he is doing and the things he's going to do. Because remembering helps us to see God in the past so that we can trust God in the, in the present. And lastly, none of us are exempt from difficult or challenging times. But you can always lean on the one who's been there. And honestly, there are times when God has protected us, even when we didn't know it. He is faithful and just. So this last slide says it, said it all, and we're done. What is something Jesus has done in the past that would, that would be helpful for you to remember today? So as we head back into worship, I want to close us out in prayer. And, and thank you guys for being patient and allowing me to share what God has laid on my heart with you. So uh, let's pray. God, I just thank you for this day, and I thank you for your word, uh, the things you're doing and the things you have yet to do. And God, I just pray that we would take that as a promise. God, there's so many influences in this world from Hollywood and from social media and from people that are ungodly. But God, your word says it stands the test of time. And I pray that we will remember that not only for ourselves, but those we influence and those we are being influenced by. So Jesus, what's the rest of this time tonight? As we stand and worship you, captivate our hearts for your glory. Lord, we love you and we bless you and we pray this all in Jesus' name. Everybody say, amen.